We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. Uh, joining me on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast is Oregon 2022 defensive line signee, Sir Mels from Liberty High School in Henderson, Nevada. Sir, welcome to the show. How are we doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for thanks for being here, man. Excited Thank to uh, excited to talk about uh, you know your story as an athlete. You know your your journey to Oregon because um, I think it's it's definitely a, an interesting one. Um, before we talk about Oregon, I kind of wanted to rewind the clock a little bit um, and get get to know you a little bit more. Um, you know outside of football, right? You know, you're more than an athlete. You got other stuff going on in your life. So that's kind of the first question I wanted to ask you. Who is Sir Mel's off the football field? Um, just a high energy person. I mean, my personality definitely takes me a long way. I mean, I love putting smiles on people's faces. I just feel like my energy, anytime I'm around, I'm always going to be high, uh, high energy. I'm a friendly person. Like I said, it's just, I'm just a fun person to be around. I definitely get that vibe a lot. Um, you know, especially with with you uh, being a commit in this class, I, I feel like you've been a, a very vocal record, uh, recruiter for for the Ducks. You know, you always want to get to to know new people and and kind of spread love for the Ducks, which is which is awesome. So um, definitely got a, a strong personality for sure. I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't seem to know um, is that you actually originally were born in Florida. Um, yep. So kind of just wanted to. Uh, learn a little bit more about uh, your childhood and, and what it was like for you growing up. Oh, uh, yeah, I was born in Orlando, Florida, uh, January 3rd, 2004. I moved to Vegas, I think I was around like five or six. Uh, I basically, I was born in Florida, but basically raised in Vegas. Uh, I was just me and my mom. Uh, I've been playing football since I was three. I actually got kicked out the little football, flag football league for tackling. So I got banned from that. And then from there, I went to go play tackle. And from then, I was like, this is something I really love, and I feel like I can just take this to the next level. And yeah, I mean, look where he got me, and I'm definitely honored and blessed to have the opportunity to have that I'm um, facing right now. Okay, well, we definitely got to go back to the uh, getting kicked out for, <laughs> for tackling in a second. Um, but uh, before that, so, yeah, born in Florida, obviously that's something you take a lot of pride in. Um, I think you have Florida made tattooed on your arms, if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, from your photo shoot, which is super cool. 
Um, yep. So what was it like for you, you know, making that cross-country move at, at such a young age? I mean, it probably wasn't that big of a deal because that's kind of when your memory's kicking in right around that mm-hmm. age. Um, but I guess what was it like making that move and then growing up in, in the Vegas area? Obviously, it was one of those things where my mom came out here on a business trip and it was just like, pack every day we leave it. And I was like, wow, it's like it's one of those type of moves. But I mean, honestly, I think it was one of the best moves for me, honestly, because Lord knows what I'll be doing while still in Florida. I don't think I'll be still in this position right now or even granted I'll be sitting here right now. Um, but it's like, I feel like this move was definitely a great move for me. Not only just me, me and my mom, and she's loving it out here. I'm loving it out here. It's got me great friendships. I would never in my life give up. Uh, I met people while moving out here. So I'll definitely say the move is definitely a, a positive for me and my family. Okay. Yeah. That, that's uh you know, a, a pretty big move to make at, at a young age, but sounds like, you know, you ended up where you're supposed to be, which is awesome. Um, so let, let's rewind a little bit to the the tackle football uh, you know incident, if you want to call it that, getting kicked <laughs> out. I, I got to get more on that story there. You know, how did that kind of come about? And was I, I guess just what, how did that happen? So I was I was playing flag football with the uh, Florida Jaguars. It was a little uh, what's it called flag football team out there, and I wanted to start football, and I was like, I got to start somewhere, so why not start with flag? So I played with two teams. Uh, the Jaguars, and I can't remember the other teams, like the little NFL Little League thing. So I was doing that for, I want to say, I don't know how many months, but I guess one game, I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was going crazy, and I was tackling kids, hurting kids, and making kids cry. And my mom got a call was like, oh, sir, you can't play no more in the league. Has banned him from, play, uh, from playing flag football. And he, I don't know what else to tell you. And my me, like, being so young, I'm like, what? Like, I'm the little kid. I can't play flag football no more. Like, I, was, I don't want to do this no more. My mom was like, no, there's tackle football, blah, blah, blah. And as a little kid, you, like, tackle football. Like, what? I'm going to get hurt. But it's like, nah, that's not what it was about. It was just having fun. And ever since I got back for flag football, I never put flags around my waist ever again. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that physicality was was there from a young age and intensity, it sounds like. Um yeah, because, I mean, obviously people hear that you got banned from the flag football league or team, whatever you want to call it, um, and the natural transition seems like tackle, but mm-hmm. was that tough for your mom at all? Because I feel like a lot of moms, they're, they're a little hesitant nowadays when it comes to, you know, putting kids in tackle football. And then maybe at your for your situation, it might have been at a bit of a younger age because flag football didn't go as long as you expected. Well, my mom was one tough person. I mean, she had three boys all together, and my oldest brother went through the whole – they, he was fortunate to play on the NFL team. So, I mean, throwing me to flag football was like, okay, it's, it's another boy. Let's do the same thing we do with the oldest one. So, my mom's a pretty tough person. So, she wasn't really worried about the whole, oh, I don't want my son to get hurt. I don't know. Nah. She's just like, throw me in the fire and whatever happens, happens type of mom. But, yeah, I definitely appreciate her for doing that because if I didn't play that young, I don't think I had the same love as I do for football as I did when I was little and didn't play. Okay. Yeah, that, some of that uh, tough love as far as, you know, throwing you in the fire, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, and just kind of sticking with, with uh, your childhood and getting to know you a little bit more as, as a football player and, and a kid, you know, where did this uh, where did this love for football kind of come from with, with, with you? I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what your story is uh, with that regard. Honestly, just watching my big brother, like, like being a little kid and going to high school games, it's like when you're little, 
high school kids are like that's like the biggest thing to you because that's all you know you don't really know much about college you know a little bit about the nfl but high school football you actually go to all the games it's like i want to be just like my brother when i grew up and watching his game it's like okay i want to even be better than him around that age when i was watching him and just going to the games, like I said, with family and seeing him happy, winning championship, winning trophies, getting uh, awards and stuff. I was like, dang, like, I want to be able to do that too. So I kind of got the love from just following my brother's footsteps, my big brother's footsteps. Yeah, it sounds like uh, maybe you guys were competitive and, and you, you were saying, like, you, know, you wanted day. to be. Till this day. I, I tell him up and down. He, so he played. He went to Illinois State and he was playing tackle. So, you know, me being a defensive line, I'm like, I'll kill you now, like. I'm bigger than you. I'm starting getting on faster now. I get you, but you know them old brothers. They like, nah, never, never. Until the day I die, you would never be me. You know how it goes. So he was he was an offensive tackle. Yeah, he played offensive tackle. He was play, he played D line his first year at Illinois State. Uh, spring season, spring ball, they moved him to I think right tackle. If I'm not mistaken. And then ever since he's played on the O line. So me being a def, uh, defensive lineman, you know, we hate offensive linemen. So it's definitely a battle that that we have to find out soon. Definitely. That sounds like the the perfect perfect matchup then you know with you being a defensive lineman and and having him to kind of uh, push you and and go yeah. against with with that regard. I mean, and, and also you talk about with with his journey and starting at defensive line in college and then moving over to the offensive line. I think that kind of takes a, a pretty special type of athlete to be able to make that transition because mm. I think the skill positions get all the glory, but I mean the, the guys true. in the trenches are easily some of the best athletes in sports. That's so true. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, let's let's stay there for a second. You know, what what kind of ath- athleticism do you think it takes, or what kind of athlete does it take to to make a successful defensive lineman? Honestly, physicality. That's the biggest one. Like when you when it comes to playing defensive line, you can't be soft. It's not a soft man position. Like you have to give it all you got and just give it give it a hundred. And definitely, like I said, physicality is like the number one thing. You got to be able to move because some of these backs are speedy, and you got to be able to get off blocks and chase down and. Move out of direction is like you definitely gotta be athletic and be have that aggression that nobody else can take from you. Like the offensive linemen, they try to protect their, uh, protect their quarterback and they don't want nobody touching their quarterback, so they gonna go one hundred and ten percent every play. And you gotta match that same intensity or even more to be able to stop that play or that QB. So you just gotta have that aggression with you and just be physical when you're playing D line. The, the physicality is a, a, such a huge part of the game, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, you got. I'm sure you get double teamed a bunch, and you oh, just got, it takes a a different kind of fight to to just be able. Like, all right, here we go again. You know, Gosh. going up against and you know, uh, colliding with with uh, these offensive linemen. I, there was one question that I, I um I I don't want to switch up too much, but I wanted to ask you since we were talking about your your childhood and kind of your love for football. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you kind of realize that that um you, know, you were going to be bigger than most kids? You know, you're six five, three hundred plus pounds, if if I remember correctly. When did you realize you were bigger than most kids your age, and and that you're really going to have a shot to do some of this football thing? Honestly, doing youth football, I mean, I know I was the biggest kid on the field, but it's like you're playing youth football. I'm just trying to play to win a trophy on Saturday. And honestly, I didn't really start seeing football can take me places until my eighth grade year. When I was just like, dang, people were telling me like you're finna go to high school and high school would come with high school comes colleges and offers. So I was just like, dang, like when you little, you just like, oh, dang, it's gonna be hard to go to college and play college football. But it's really not. If you really have that mindset that the other athletes have, then you would get to that point and you would get to. So I say definitely my eighth grade year would really made me wake up and I'm like, okay, sir, you're the biggest thing out here. 
you actually take your talent and go play for somebody and even eventually get to the NFL. So, yeah, definitely eighth grade year was probably my wake-up call. Getting the wake-up call in eighth grade, and things got real in high school, obviously, for you, attracting some some major offers. Kind of want to re- reflect on the, the high school experience for you um, and just, you know, what, what does it mean to you to be able to – to have that opportunity to to play at the next level um, after playing, you know, four strong years of high school football. Oh man, high school went by so fast. It was like I was talking to my mom about that. Like I just remember the other day I was getting ready for my freshman year and going getting bought up from freshman to JV, and it's like dang. And with me, we had COVID year, so it was like I experienced something that not a lot of high school kids have ever experienced. Like I did a whole year of virtual online school and it's definitely a big adjustment i missed my whole junior year due to covid and it was just a crazy wild time but it's definitely some of the best times i probably had with like meeting friends and i went to hawaii someplace i've never been before just because of the game of football and it was like it's it's opened so many doors for me and i'm definitely like blessed for it and i mean like i said high school it went by so fast and college i know it would go by even more faster and i definitely enjoyed high school but it's closing the chapter getting ready for the new chapter i got three to four years, even my uh, even five years, and get on with that and hopefully make it to the league after that. Yeah, the the high school game obviously opened a, a lot of doors for you. You know, you get some really cool experiences. I only played two years of high school ball, but I was around mm-hmm. the team for all four years. And, you know, some of the games that I got to go to, we went to state my senior year. I, I definitely know what you're talking about, just having some awesome experiences with your brothers yeah. and it's like nothing else, man. I mean, unless you were around it or played it, you people don't know what those Friday night lights mean. Yeah, it's, it's a different type of feel. Like, I got so I went to Hawaii. How many kids can say they went to Hawaii to play a football game? And we spent a week out in Hawaii just to play a football game. Like, that's, a, so the, like the, that's like the big things that make you feel good. Like, okay, this is another reason I'm playing a sport so I can go places I've never been before. Yeah, let's, let's let's stay on that Hawaii trip. Tell me tell me a little bit more about that and and kind of why you went out to Hawaii and, and what that experience was like. So it was my sophomore year. It was my first year on varsity, and every year we try to do a big trip, like whether it's to California or uh, this year. Uh, my junior year we were supposed to go to Maryland, but the whole COVID thing happened, so we didn't get to have, take that trip. But my sophomore year, it was right before the season. It was during summer ball. And coach was like, oh, we got a mandatory team meeting, blah, blah, blah. We was like, what is going on? Like, we getting a new uniform or something? Like, what, what's happening? So coach was like, well, the game that we have, blah, 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 got canceled. We was like, oh, dang, we don't got a game our first game. But he was like, there is one thing we could do, blah, blah, blah. He was like, let's just say we got a big game coming up. We don't know against who yet, but we got a big game. So it was like, what, three weeks before we supposed to play the team, we found out we went to Hawaii. And when I tell you, if you was in that room and felt the intensity that we found out we was going to Hawaii, you probably would have been like, what the heck? Like, everybody was just so happy. But long story short, we ended up going out there losing. That loss made us really connect more, and we went on to win state. So, yeah, the Hawaii trip was definitely an experience that I'll never forget. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tough loss. Uh, you know, bred, uh, bred some excellence for you guys, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, finishing with the, with the state title. Want to um, talk about, you know, more recently now, you know, you talked about uh, COVID and the challenges that that kind of presented for you. Um, Want to talk about Oregon and kind of the next step for you. But really, before we talk about Oregon, I, I want to talk about just going through the pandemic as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. I think you guys in the 2022 class are, are going to have a, a really unique story to tell because before you got out to Oregon in, in June and ultimately made your commitment, your recruitment was almost entirely virtual and you weren't allowed mm-hmm. to take visits. So what, what was it like for you going through that uh, virtual recruitment and then just COVID as an athlete? What, what did you learn about yourself? It was definitely different. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. It was definitely different. Like, like getting to talk to these guys every day, but not getting to see them in person. Like usually we have school visits and they come to school day, uh, weekly, monthly. And it's like not get be able to have that. It was just like, okay, I'm basically talking to a bunch of strangers. Like, if you really think about it, like, I never met these people. But it's just talking to them every day made us more like communicate better. I would say like Oregon, I was just talking to Oregon literally every day. I'll get a text from somebody. I'll get a call from somebody. It could be a player, a uh, director, player personnel, on-site recruiting, like from anybody. I'll get some type of text from somebody at Oregon. It was just like, okay, they're doing it. Keeping up with me even through hard times. It's like they showed me they really wanted me. And I was like, this is a place I can definitely see myself for the next couple of years. Okay. Yeah. It's, it sounds like, uh, you know, showing that, that they're showing that love and <clears throat> excuse me, they're showing that love to you and, and, you know, that they really want you and Eugene to, to be a part of you know, what they're building there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with, with this whole COVID thing, you know, you talk about missing your, your junior season, obviously the, the isolation and the, the mental challenges that, that come with that. How did you overcome that? And, and, you know, what was that like for you? Honestly, this whole COVID thing, everybody took it as a, ne- a negative. Honestly, I took it as a positive. Like, it gave me an extra year to just grind, like, get my speed faster for my senior year, work on stuff I need to work on. Like, I just turned that negative and turned it positive and try to get to my best ability I can. And I definitely did that. I feel like I definitely did that. I got most of my offers during COVID, as you know. And it really, COVID really did a lot for me. It definitely opened doors. And I just turned that negative situation, like I said, and made it positive. I love that mentality, man. You got to, you got to be able to to deal with adversity in, in these days and whatever you're Definitely. doing, you know, if you're uh, pursuing an NFL career or if mm-hmm. you're, uh, you know, writing your, I was listening to a podcast the other day uh, uh, about Kurt with Kurt Warner and his, his uh, kind of journey with, through football. He was in a grocery store at some point and he was talking mm-hmm. about how I want my aisle to everything be perfectly facing out uh, all the labels and everything. So just making the best of your situation is really kind of what, what that all circles back it's to. The mentality you have to have. Definitely, man. And then let's let's uh, let's look at December. Obviously, that was a, a very eventful month for you. Um, ended up signing your your letter of intent with Oregon, but um, you, know, you had a, a pretty big uh, wrench thrown into everything when when Mario left to to go to Miami. So just wanted to get your perspective on that and, and what it was like for you to, to see such a big change come uh, at a pretty big moment for you. 
it was different. Like it was literally weeks before signing and finding out that dang near the whole coaching staff is leaving. It was just like, oh man, what I'm gonna do? I was kind of at a hostel, but Don Johnson, I know a lot of people know Don. Is he was just the dude that was always in my head, like, don't worry about everything. Oh, we lost you, sir. Let's see if we can get you back here. Bear with us, folks, while we navigate some technical difficulties. I think sir is just uh, maybe he's getting a call or something. But um, maybe I can just ad lib a little bit while uh, while we're waiting to see if he can get back. He's gonna he's gonna join back into the to the the stream here. Um, into the show and we'll we'll get sir back on so just uh just bear with us oh there we go my phone my phone just right. glitched no worries man you're all good i uh i, I entertained the audience for a second <laughs> yeah, um, no, 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 i'm so sorry about that you're good man no worries um if you just wanted to pick up where you left off you were talking about don johnson and kind of how he uh kept in your ear throughout the whole transition Oh, yeah, Don, like I was saying, Don was just in my ear. He was like, don't worry, everything will be okay. Like, we got this. And I was just like, all right, Don, I'm going to take your word for this. Like, I'm trusting you. And I don't, like I said, I don't regret signing. Like, every everything happens for a reason, like everybody's saying. Having Coach Lenny come in, I knew uh, Phil Knight would trust Dan Lenny because all he bring in, he didn't really trust him. And our AD trusted him, so I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And see the staff that he's building over the past few weeks, and it's like, dang, Coach Lenny's really serious about this program, and he really cares about this program. And the first time I ever talked to him, he was like, man, I'm not trying to take away from anything that you and Coach Cristobal had, man. He was just like, I'm just trying to come here and make the uh, program the best it can be. And I was just like, I definitely respect that for you. Like, he could have easily came in and – yeah, as you know, you could easily take offers when new coaches come in, but he uh, stayed there, gave me a shot, and it was just like it's something I definitely want to uh, be at. He's got a, a big vision for the program for sure. I know he laid that out at his introductory press conference in Eugene, and and uh, has talked about it, you know at various times when he's getting uh, asked questions as the Georgia head, uh, defensive coordinator, rather. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, t tell me a little bit about your relationship with him, and then I don't know you've been able to talk to to Tony. Tuoti, I think is his name, the, the new mm -hmm. defensive line coach. You know, those are two guys that are going to be pretty big for your time at uh, Oregon. Yeah, I've talked to Coach Lennon quite a while. Like, I mean, it, it feels the same as if Coach Chris Wells recruiting me. Like, he reaches out. I know he's a busy man with everything going on, but he still finds some type of time in the day to at least call me or send a text or ask about my mom or how I tell me doing. Like, he's basically still showing me that, like, just because people left, nothing's going to change it. Like, I'm keeping the same energy. I'm keeping the same culture that Oregon has ever had. And Coach uh, Tuoti, he's a good dude. Like, matter of fact, he was just texting me yesterday, and that's the first time we ever connected. And I was like, okay, Coach, like, Coach Lanny trusts you. Uh, our AD trusts you. Phil Knight trusts you. And it's like, okay. Like, they, they had to say something. I know they brought you here for a reason. It was just like, like, why not come here too? So, Awesome. Um yeah, because you you mentioned the you know landing trying to have some of that consistency, even though mm -hmm. he's uh, not in Eugene just yet. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you is a lot of people are latching on to the fact that he's such a young head coach, um, yeah. and I'm curious to get your perspective on on kind of what that's like for you. Um, you know, just going into a situation like that where he's building out a staff with a lot of vets, but you know the guy running the show is is pretty young. But you got you got to get your you're a shot as a head coach at some point. So, mm. I mean, pretty exciting stuff. Um, 
I see it as a positive of a young coach, a young-minded coach. is always great. I mean, you never go wrong with a young-minded coach. And to have a defensive-minded coach, too, is definitely a positive. Like, Coach Crystal Ball, he played offensive line when he, back in his day, and he was offensive-minded. But to have a defensive-minded coach come in and be a head coach, so that's definitely a huge positive for our defense. And I like it. There we have a young-minded coach. I love it. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the, the positives from that. Uh, so you're signed to Oregon. Um, I think you're getting there in, in about a month or so um, to uh, start your college journey. Um, just wanted to ask, you know, do you have any goals at, at Oregon, whether that be personal or as a team, um, once you get there? Uh, Team-wise, I want to win a national championship before I leave. That's the main goal. I want to bring a natty to the uh, University of Oregon. A personal goal, uh, just play as much as I can and – Hopefully, by my junior year, get ready to clear the draft. That's my end goal, my personal goals. All right. And and as you're you're heading into um, your college career, so much has happened, you know, in, in the past, you know, year and some change. You look at COVID, obviously, like we already talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. NIL legislation has, has entered the picture. Uh, and just college football has has really changed a lot. So I'm just Definitely. I'm kind of like there's so many external factors and so much going on aside from just the game itself, right? That's the kind of point I'm trying to get at. Um, so how how do you kind of approach that and and navigate things like NIL and uh, a, a changing landscape in college football? Honestly, I just leave all that stuff alone. Like at the end of the day, I have a goal that I have to get to, and the NIL and all that other stuff's not gonna help me get to the NFL. Like. It's going to be my talent and my hard work I put in. So, I mean, when the time comes, I have to start worrying about NIL deals and I'll get a team for it. But as of right now, I, it's just – I see it as a distraction, honestly. But it is, it's still good. It's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, it's still good. They put in money into our pockets and we actually get paid off our, our names and stuff. But I just see it. For me, it's right now it's a, distract, a distraction for me going into the freshman year. So, I was just trying to put that aside right now and just focus on coming as a freshman year and trying to give all I got to the team. I can definitely appreciate that perspective, you know, when especially like when I was talking to the, to the players during the um, during the press conferences, you know, as the season kind of wound down and there was so much drama going on with all the coaching mm-hmm. stuff, you know, they were saying, you know, we're just focused on this game. So I think that that perspective is going to fit in perfectly. You know, you just want to handle your business with with the team and, and give, mm-hmm. give your all to them to try to get this thing going once you get there. 100%. All right, man, a couple more for you, then we'll get you out of here. Um, I know that uh, you, like we talked about, you've been one of the, you've been one of the big peer recruiters for for the Ducks, and um, you, you signed with Anthony Jones uh, in in December. Just I had him on the podcast not too long ago. Um, just wanted to ask about you know your relationship with him and and, and what kind of guy the Ducks are getting. Uh, Anthony, that's really my brother. Like when I get up there, you'll see me and him together so often. That's my brother. And- him, I didn't hear everything about KT and KT is this, but this is a new area. Like it's a new number five coming in talent. He, you see his build. He's just a freak athlete. Like it's it was just made for him, and he's gonna give all he's got twenty four seven. Like he's the type of dude that he's like, oh man, I'm tired, but no, nah, he's I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna give it one more rep. I'm gonna keep going until I die. Like he's the type of dude where if it was fourth and goal, we have to win our line in Super Bowl. Like you would want him on your your front or in your back. Just make the play. He's the type of dude that's gonna give it his all twenty four seven and not let up. But the Ducks, when they see him play, I'm like, oh my god, Terry is definitely a number one recruiter for sure. All right, yeah, that sounds like a, a playmaker. 
um, and a guy that you you definitely want in in those crunch time situations for sure. Um, and then with with, with you, sir, and this twenty twenty two group, um, you know, obviously not as many signed during the early signing period as you could expect. That would that would make a lot of sense with what's going on with the Ducks right now. But um, what are your thoughts on this twenty twenty two group and and kind of the the potential that it has um, as we you know near another signing period? Bro, this 2022 class is definitely going to have a story behind it. Like like you said, you wouldn't expect a lot of people to sign early with everything that happened. But I feel like this next Sunday day will be, will be straight. Like, everything happens for a reason, like I said before. And this class can really be special with everything that's happening, with coaches' changes and the whole virtual thing, like you said earlier, with the COVID. It's like, we're going to be good. We're going to be solid. I know Coach Lanning knows exactly what he's doing. He recruited some great guys. And I know we got a couple transfers and stuff coming in. It's like, I mean – Whatever we got, we're going to roll with, and whoever hops off, I mean, the train will still take off without him. Hey, you, you mentioned the the transfer um, transfers that the Ducks have added. I'm, I'm sure you saw the the big uh, defensive lineman from Washington yep. that that committed today. Um, uh, Taki Taimani, I think was his name, Sam Taimani. Taimani. Um, and it looks like you guys are going to have some pretty big bodies there in the trenches here for, for a couple years to come. Of course. I mean, I always say Coach Lennox bringing the SEC to the Pac-12. I mean, you see the guys he's bringing over. We're going to have arguably the number one defense in the country, in my opinion, like with our linebackers, our uh, defensive line, our corners, our safeties. It's like Coach Lennox bringing a bunch of kids in. That's going to really change the culture at Oregon and bring a daddy back. So we we've heard that that kind of, that kind of phrase bringing the SEC to Oregon, right? What what does that mean to you? You know, for someone who maybe isn't a diehard college football fan, and mm-hmm. we're going through you know uh, a new era in Eugene. You know, what does that mean to you bringing the SEC to Oregon? So like my my childhood conference. So my dream school. I'm from Florida. My dream school is uh, Florida University of Florida, and I want to be a Gator. And it's like the SEC. You hear all about the SEC and how powerful this conference is, and it's the best conference in college football. But it's like there's still other conferences out here that can compete with them. And having Coach Landing, he was in the conference and he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, he's bringing definitely bringing the SEC to the Pac-12. It's just like his mentality, his coaching style, and the amount of dudes he's bringing in. It's like it's going to be something crazy. And Pac-12, I know the Pac-12 is usually an underdog when it comes to SEC, but we're trying to make the Pac-12 even bigger than the SEC one day. Some some lofty goals, uh, and you you got to have those when when you're uh, you know chasing greatness. I think that's always a good thing to have. Um, well, sir, thank you so much for coming on, man. Before you hop out of here, uh, I know um, people are really excited about you coming to Eugene and and want to try to connect with you over social media. You know, where where can people find you? Whether it's Twitter, Instagram, just all those uh, social platforms. Just want to give you a chance. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram are both Sir Mills Forty. Uh, no spaces. This is Sir Mills Forty and. Yeah, that's, that's my username for both Instagram and Twitter. All right, yeah, go make sure to shoot Sir a follow over on those platforms. If you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at mtorissports. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Oregon Football Max Taurus, to interviews like this one with Sir that you're watching right now pretty frequently. Um, you know, do analysis and commentary, news stuff all the time, um, and really trying to grow that. So if you could subscribe to the channel, that'd be a tremendous help. And make sure to head on over to DucksDigest.com for your latest Oregon Ducks news and coverage. That'll do it for us on the Ducks Dish podcast. Big thank you to Sir for joining the show, and we will see everybody in the next episode.